Hi guys. So in today's episode of Talent First, we have a very interesting guest. This guy is a is perfectly symbolizes the thought behind this podcast. Thought behind naming it Talent First. A person for whom it does not matter if you are an entry level talent or you are a, a person who is a board member doesn't matter. For him, your talent matters, and he is very humble about accepting wherever he can learn things from. Uh, despite the fact what all he has achieved so welcome divesh uh, welcome to this podcast uh, before um before we begin right can we get a quick elevator pitch about uh, what have, what have you been up to sure first of all thank you for having me here uh, pure play pharma guy hmm. born and brought up in pharma hmm. what i mean by that is education right from my b farm all the way from my mba my experience has always been in the pharma industry um analytics so started with product management on the field mr ke sath kaam kiya hmm. understood the market you know on the ground level went into analytics built teams for some of the biggest hmm. pharmaceutical names like gsk johnson and johnson and so on uh built data sciences which is still not as mature in the pharmaceutical industry it's getting mature hmm. over a period of time uh have done uh global businesses you know so one of the things which i have relished in my career is ke i've never been into a role which was existing acha either the roles were new roles and they wanted someone who can come and take up those roles hmm. or i was hired into a role or a, or an organization and they were and there were roles which were created ar- around me wow. so uh hmm. that's something i i have relished and that hmm. by virtue of that mai ye keh sakta hu ke I have been an entrepreneur hmm, you know, right, in my right. in my career hmm. and similarly by when I've left those organizations mostly these roles have been dismantled you know into smaller roles so I'll take that pride in hmm. terms of saying that ke yes there is an entrepreneurial streak which I have in me and that's how I will put it so no. pharma entrepreneur analytics those are three words I can use for myself from a hmm. career perspective perfect uh, I think in the last 15 16 years if I'm not wrong you have worked across six seven global giants uh, and some of them are fortune 500 also and you have worked at very leadership driven roles right and you are not an overnight success if someone looks at your journey and they can check out your linkedin we'll put that in the bio you are not an overnight success uh, what we can understand from your journey is that aap step by step badhe ho aapne ye nahi ek din decide kiya ki main aaj leader ban jaunga aapne ground se start kiya fir aap ek manager level pe aaye so on and so forth you went across two habits that truly defined your career and the way you have progressed first was an entrepreneurial bug yeah. and the other was this curiosity part of it right my question to you and there's a counter argument to it this might work when you talk about a startup environment a startup culture but if someone is trying to make a, a career in a very corporate company in a very fortune 500 driven organization don't you think that the office politics they will actually look down upon this that you know ye itna kyu bol raha hai apne kaam se kaam rakhe na matlab log kehte what 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 i've heard they they say that you have to be shut also when to be shut is the real reason why you grow in a corporate structure so what what, what would you say about that see i have a i have a dual point of view hmm. so I'll, i'll talk to you about both of these number 1 when we talk about an entrepreneurial streak see entrepreneurial is not only about doing something from scratch doing something new hmm. usme one important aspect that we need to take into consideration is you may have one of the best ideas 
But if you don't have takers for those ideas, that are ideas of no use. So you have to take your team along with you. And when I say team, I'm not talking only about people working with you, for you. I'm talking about your stakeholders also. So what happens in big companies is that this process of getting that organizational buy-in is a lumber, is a longer process as compared to a startup. The level of agility that you will see in a startup is higher as compared to bigger organizations. So the extra effort that goes is into that relationship-based organizational buy-in hmm. that you need to get into this. But as an as an entrepreneur, you are uh, you are how do I how do I put it? You don't have that much patience, na? I'm, I'm trying to understand. Wouldn't that be ultra? Because as an entrepreneur, hmm. you would have more patience, hmm. you know, for the success and execution of your idea and thought process, so hmm. that you can get to a meaningful. Basically, you are saying of. that see the big vision. And you know that should drive you big that picture thought process, uh, right? Mm, so interesting. In big organizations, may mm. the element that comes into the picture is that relationship-based working. Mm. I'm not saying that is not there in startups. Mm-hmm, I'm just saying that the degree of intervention that is required is more in a bigger organization. Number one. Number two, every big organization, you know, will have a startup culture in a team. So I worked for a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. Now it's a you know decades old organization mm, mm. we can always argue that in that decades old organization you have people sitting in the leadership team in the executive leadership team who have that old school thought process right, right. but you also have teams within these organizations which are newly formed teams incubated if i talk about data sciences mm. data sciences did not exist 15 years <laughs> right 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 so mm. agar wo data sciences ki team bana rahe hain obviously there is a startup culture in that particular team which can influence the larger organization from a culture hmm, perspective. Hmm, hmm. So at the end of the day, uh, I made mistakes, by the way. You know, so I went into this organization, <clears throat> as you said, lack of patience. Hmm. You know, so day one, I went in and the thought process went into my mind or that was running hmm, into my hmm. mind at that point in time was, I have to prove it. I have done, hmm. uh, I bring in 12 years of experience and hmm. this experience I have to demonstrate hmm. and exhibit today. Now, the mistake that I made was I did not understand the current thought process of that organization or the people whom I was working with. Okay. I created some level of insecurity. I created some level of chaos. People did not necessarily understand hmm. you know, what exactly am I trying to do. So, and it was a very relationship-based organization. Mm. So, I, after about two months, you realized, you know, I realized it, took a step back mm. and then started following step-by-step process. Mm. Okay, let's not do everything together. Mm. Let's break it down into multiple processes or multiple steps. So, basically, you were balancing insecurities. Right? I was balancing insecurities. Of other people. I was getting uh, them to speed the demand that we have around in the marketplace mm. and more importantly, the kind of talent that we need. So, if, if I had to, you know, understand, you were basically sharing your idea because now it your idea. If you involved then it is not Divesh's idea. This is organizational. Organizational idea. It's an analogy, right? Like, startups are So, when you get funding, so you divide the cap table. So, in a corporate structure, what you are basically telling is, your idea, for you the cap table is, the people who are responsible or who get accolades yeah. for that initiative. So, divide karna padega, agar survive karna, ya grow karna. Ek cheez hai, hmm. uh, hum organizational politics ke upar thoda sa touch kar hmm. we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. You know, one of the things hmm. which we need to take care of when we are dealing with this organizational politics is let go of your insecurities. 
कई बार वॉट वी डू इज वी कीप द आइडिया वेरी क्लोज टू आर चेस्ट की दिस इज माई आइडिया अगर मैंने किसी और को दे दिया वो चुरा लेगा At least from my perspective, Raghav, hmm. I have never been insecure, you know, of whether this is my idea. Someone else will take it. My uh, way of working has been a very corporate citizen sort of way of working, hmm. and I have seen I may get the results or the fruits of it little later, but I would get it. So, thoda sa openness, right? Or our industry, jo hai, you know, when it comes to pharmaceutical industry, we are a very closed industry. We keep things. इतनी बड़ी industry भी तब भी closed है. We thinks we keep things very close to ourselves. Okay. We don't share very easily. Have you seen, like, in comparison to banking, retail, the way they have these forums mm, where the nothing. people from different companies would come in and they will talk about what is happening in their industry. <coughs> in pharma industry, for all the reasons. you know they would talk about what's happening in the industry as a general hmm. very rarely you will find people talking about what's happening in their company it's changing by the way hmm. you hmm. know big companies are coming in they've started sharing they're getting you know they they're becoming a bit more right. open right but it will still take time to hmm. start come you know to come at the same level as the retail or the banking or some of the other industries mostly by technology hmm. industries very interesting i think the way like what you just said right and looking at your career and whatever you've achieved for some people uh, they will consider you like a role model and i know some people who do uh, how for, for you who was the role model or who were the role models or who are the role models i'll i'll share a anecdote out here yes yes this was back in 1999 hmm. so there is this conference or a uh, you know a forum that happens in pharmaceutical industry which is known as ipc indian pharmaceutical congress mm-hmm. now i was pursuing my graduation my pharmaceutical sciences graduation 2004 uh, 1999 okay 1999 sorry right? yeah so i happened to apply for this congress and my college you know uh, sponsored me as a volunteer mm. when i reached there now i always had this uh, thing of uh, you know meeting with people mm. getting to know about what's happening in the industry and I had a certain oh, curiosity, na. Curiosity. There was a bit of executive presence also, which I think Achha. I built very early on. Okay. Thanks to some of my friends and more importantly my mama. Okay. Uh, Can I, you kindle how your mama? Just very curious. So he, you know, he is a he is a government official. Okay. With Haryana government, hmm. you know, has always done very well for himself. Right. He is a doctor by training, hmm. and he <clears throat> recently retired as director of health sciences. Now, when I talk about executive presence right. from his end. he's made sure that he is he's connected with the right people hmm. he's present at the right moments hmm. right and very importantly the way he would carry himself the way he would put across his thought process right i've imbibed that somehow hmm. you know throughout my throughout throughout my life and that kind of you know has stayed with me forever hmm. now oh. when i went to this congress hmm. i was attached by the way as a uh, let let me use the word backkeeper of okay. dr ds barar Dr D S Barar at that point in, from Ranbaxi okay you know who was at that point in time the co-CEO of Ranbaxi and what i was doing was he was there at the congress for two days i was just accompanying him hmm. throughout that gave me an opportunity of sitting with him in those meetings think of a 19 year old guy very impressionable you know who is pursuing his graduation hmm. he until a year back he was spelling pharmacy with f not with ph <laughs> right and he's sitting in some of these meetings huh. with dr ds brar oh. and dr ds brar the reason i am very uh, 
motivated looking at his journey you know he comes from a very humble sort of a background he turned around ranbaxi in those days ranbaxi mm. was a company to look up to for any pharmaceutical uh, professional mm. so and and someone who makes his point across someone who comes across as a as a very uh, uh, articulate mm. person has a industry standing so he has always been a role model for me i am not in touch with him over okay. the last few years but i have followed his journey mm. uh, you know in the modern times i would say uh, i have few professional role models one of them is pankaj rai oh, you know yes. and uh, again not someone whom i am speaking with every day mm. uh, but i again i have looked up uh, you know on his journey right, right. the humility that he brings in that curiosity that i've spoken mm. to you about that mm. he brings in so those are the two people that i've been very very motivated wow i think uh, very interesting names uh, the interesting part here is that um, when you talk about this that, that that impressionable age right when you were 19 yeah how those two days and you still remember that time if i had to ask you i mujhe lag raha hai aapko ek ek minute ka hisab hoga i have the view very clear ha if this was a young person who's listening right कुछ लोग बोलेंगे कि यार हम 23 के हो गए हैं 24 के हो गए हैं आज तक हमें वो एक्सपीरियंस नहीं हुआ तो डू यू थिंक दे डिड नॉट एक्सपीरियंस इट और डू यू थिंक दे वर नॉट लुकिंग आउट फॉर एन एक्सपीरियंस दैट्स व्हाई दे नेवर एक्सपीरियंस्ड इट टू थिंग्स वन आई थिंक आई वाज आई गॉट लकी यू नो देयर इज एन अपॉर्चुनिटी दैट केम इन द सेकंड थिंग इज आई रेज्ड माय हैंड व्हेन द अपॉर्चुनिटी केम इन इट वाजंट दैट देयर वाज अ अ ड्रॉ ऑफ चिट्स दैट वाज डन एंड द विशेस नेम केम अप राइट यू नो इट वाज व्हेन समवन brought up that question that we have dr ds brar coming in for the congress uh and we need someone hmm. i raised my hand hmm. and raising the hand is not enough i think delivering is also hmm. right. important right i think my presence of mind at that point in time in terms of what i need to deliver you know i reached out to a lot of people before i was attached to dr ds brar i got to know about it a day before hmm. you know dr uh, dr brar had to come to the congress so i think to your question i would say number one keep in sight those opportunities you know that may just crop up and you are not ready for it hmm. even if you are not ready for it it's important for you to raise your hand har koi seekh jata hai and for me most of my learning hasn't come from textbooks hmm. for me most of my learning has come in either by my own experiences or by my uh, by someone else's experiences which i call as surrogate learning to hmm. so keep a, uh, you know keep a tab on the opportunities coming by your way and be ready to raise your hand even if you are not fully ready for it so a lot of people that i see that you know for them linkedin they have started like kahi bhi koi job posting hoti hai ya kuch bhi hota hai you know linkedin pe they are always writing their names apni email id likh dete hain अब दो साइड होती है उसकी एक साइड कहती है कि बहुत बढ़िया जो आपने बात बोली रीच आउट करो दूसरी साइड कहती है डायल्यूटिंग योर ओन ब्रांड डायल्यूटिंग योर सेल्फ अ प्रोफेशनल यू शुड बी समवन हु शुड कैरी सम लेवल ऑफ एक्सक्लूसिविटी आई एम नॉट सिंग इट माइट नॉट बी एप्लीकेबल फॉर ऑल बट फॉर सम पीपल दे हैव दैट माइंड मतलब देर सिंग करने को मैं भी सबके कमेंट कर सकता हूँ आई कैन ऑलवेज रेज माई हैंड्स बट बिकॉज आई हैव बिलीव इन माई सेल्फ आई वॉन्ट टू हैव दैट लिटिल बट ऑफ एक्सक्लूसिविटी एयर so do you think that exclusivity here at young age is a problem i'll stick to this example that you picked up hmm. linkedin wala uh, as part of my mentorship sessions this is exactly the topic that i was i picked up two hmm. weeks back with one of my mentors hmm. jis ke post pe aap comment karte ho why should that person look at your comment just because you've put an email id out there 
or you are putting out something as a comment hmm. which is related to the post or which is related to i mean why should i hmm. why should i write right. a comment right? hmm. Hmm. number 1 number 2 if i am leaving my email id in the comment and i am expecting the person to reach out to me i think i am a fool <laughs> right i i post i i post jobs on linkedin right many a times people would dm me that i am interested in this job apply kar lo tell me why are you interested uh, why should i be looking at your profile uh, so see it's not about exclusivity as much rather i think it's about creating that relevance hmm. you know creating that hook for the other person to be interested in you तो वो हुक क्रिएट करना बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट है मेनी अ टाइम्स आई हैव सीन व्हाट यू आर सेइंग पीपल वुड लीव कमेंट्स ईमेल आईडी समवन एल्सेस रेफरेंस व्हाई शुड आई डू दैट एंड दे विल फील कि आज बहुत काम कर लिया मतलब इफ यू विल आस्क देम दे विल थिंक यार हमने 10 जगह कमेंट कर दिया तो हमारा हो गया बट इफ यू डोंट रिस्पॉन्ड टू देम दे विल आल्सो से दैट दिस पर्सन इज एरोगेंट हां बट आई हैव नो रिलेवेंस इट्स ऑल अबाउट रिलेवेंस इट्स ऑल अबाउट क्रिएटिंग दैट हुक so you have to understand the persona of the person who you are trying to impress or get work done with and then talk in that lingo in what will excite them cliche uh, express don't impress hmm right you know so tell about and you don't have to write an essay hmm hmm right you have to create that level of inquisitiveness hmm. for the other person to be able to reach out to you hmm and it could be anything it's not only related to job right it could be any other conversation the conversation that you're having we were discussing earlier about this entrepreneurial thing also right a right. hook create karna is very important is what i believe fair enough so devesh uh, you worked across seven eight companies in your in your career uh, you have observed a lot of cultures mm. so it would be very interesting to take your uh, understanding of what is culture and for a young guy that is listening right of even for an experienced person uh, give us an example of a company you worked which has an amazing culture give us some instances mm-hmm. and give us an example of a company where you worked which did not have a very good culture without naming them of course so i'm not going to go into the cliche definitions of culture uh, hmm. that can be found in books and <laughs> on linkedin also right um, <clears throat> there was a small company which i worked with hmm. very small organization about 250 people in total couple of million dollars in revenues but in a very niche space in those times uh, no other company was there you know so this was in a analytics research kind of a space and uh, there were two things about this company and its culture one very entrepreneurial in nature mm. so they would let you fail so you work on a project that project is not going anywhere mm. they would not shoo you away acha from the project you know they might put some support in mm. you know for the project to get executed at the end of the day because there's a customer and the customer is paying for it but the best part was they would let you learn from your mistakes so they would let you make mistakes and learn from it right mm. and something which has stayed with me ever since and the ceo of this company again i'll not name the ceo because the company gets identified but uh, he still you know is someone whom i look up to acha and he's he's in a different organization right now and so on so that's one thing on the other side See culture many a times we look at it as an organizational culture hmm. but jaise maine you know i was speaking about entrepreneurship there's a team level culture also yeah and the other thing which i found not very motivating was i was being minuted in terms of how much time i am spending in the office these are the days when we used to be in office all the time right hmm. so if i am working till 4 in the morning i might want to come a little late next day hmm. i'm just giving you an example yeah. so there was a bit of 
micro management aspect which was related to this entire and i think that's true or that was true during those days with some of these smaller companies because uh hmm. margins used to be very important but, but but my question to you devish coming back to the place which you're talking about in a big organization right and when you talk about this margin play uh, how else do you achieve efficiency if you do not do that and I, uh, they are also smart enough what i see right in management in our case because we are not that big right now i have the liberty to say hum nahi karte mujhe nahi pata kal ko agar गॉड विलिंग हम बहुत बड़े होते हैं क्या हम ये चीज करेंगे मुझे नहीं पता सो माई क्वेश्चन टू यू इज हाउ डू मतलब इंश्योर एफिशियंसी हाउ डू यू डिफाइन एफिशियंसी एफिशियंसी इज ऑल अबाउट आउटपुट डिड बाई इनपुट सो वी हैव टू वेरिएबल्स टू इन्फ्लुएंस राइट इधर वी इन्फ्लुएंस द आउटपुट और वी इन्फ्लुएंस द इनपुट राइट विच मीन्स यू कीप द इनपुट द सेम एंड यू इंक्रीज द आउटपुट और यू कीप द आउटपुट द सेम एंड डिक्रीज द इनपुट आई थिंक इफ यू गेट आउट ऑफ दिस मैथमेटिक्स फॉर अ सेकेंड एंड वी स्टार्ट थिंकिंग अबाउट द बिहेवियरल aspect of it hmm. Ma- matlab i'm talking about a productivity element right of it. right for me i would want to increase the efficiency hmm. by combination of number 1 creating a learning agility hmm. you know in the ecosystem wherein my team members my fellow colleagues are learning something hmm. even if it is coming at the cost of making mistakes number 1 number 2 having the right scalable processes in place now i am getting into that cliche definition of productivity mm, and efficiency mm, a little mm. bit but i think that's very relevant mm. right so if my processes are well defined and i am not spending a lot of time figuring out who is the decision maker that i need to reach out to how do i reach out to that particular person mm. it saves a lot of bandwidth so basically aap ye keh rahe ho you are saying that the person's responsibility they should have full ownership of that exactly. how they do it should not be of concern is that may, may empower your folks hmm. but make them accountable hmm. you know whether you want to focus on results or you want to focus on processes that's a very uh, debatable thing. you know subjective yeah. kind of a thing yeah. but at the end of the day if the person feels empowered and if he is being held accountable hmm. i think efficiency problem will not come in so devish uh, i have a very um, topical a very controversial question to ask you what is your take on this work from home work from office or this hybrid debate that people have and i would request that jab aap answer karo when you answer this question don't answer as a manager answer as a individual contributor answer as a entry level talent i'll answer this as an employee okay right, right. so i don't think it's controversial raghav i think mm. there's no one knows the right answer to it that's the biggest thing you know no one knows what is the most appropriate way of doing it many companies are following totally remote based kind of a culture and there are companies which are getting into this hybrid hmm. my take on this is see and the reference point for me is my own career right what i have learned and the careers that i've seen around me for me a lot of my learning hmm. as a subject matter expert as an individual contributor as a manager as a leader has come in from experiences of others you know that surrogate learning when i've seen others hmm. i've observed others how they would behave in a particular situation you know how would they would navigate a particular conversation a but but conversation. sorry to interrupt that wish uh, when you were in the early part of your career internet was not so dominant where the experiences of others was mainly something that was you know if i am meeting you then i will know but now in today's day and age when i'm listening to podcast day in day and out where i'm understanding experiences which never can anyone can tell in me in my office hmm. then that form of surrogate learning has been replaced 
to some extent yes hmm. you know some uh, some of these tools some of this exposure that the the folks are getting in these hmm. days which were not available let's say 5 6 years uh, uh, back from today right uh, are now available uh, but i think still there is a inherent uh, urge in me to go into office and this is not for me i think kahin na kahin we are mi- missing collaboration hmm. see for me this is my understanding people these days are not working for a company people these days are working for a laptop <laughs> right they go on to a teams meeting hmm. there is no water cooler discussion that is happening hmm. you know there are some pleasantries that will get exchanged you get on to the business you get your discussions done come out of the business meeting and you get going with your work from a productivity perspective it's working very good hmm. but from a sense of belongingness sense of attachment perspective i believe that it's not as much as it could be in a in an what we can see in an in person setting now i am not saying that we have to be in office every now and then perennially what i am saying is if we have to bring the teams closer to each other if we have to inculcate that culture of collaboration hmm. that culture of innovation somewhere the teams will need to be co-located if not for 5 days a week 10 days a month it has to be two or three days a week and for that matter by the way the work composition also needs to change hmm. so when people are coming into the office they are not coming into the office to work hmm. they can very well do that from their homes right they are coming into the office to collaborate so somewhere hmm. even as leadership you know as managers we'll need to engage them on different kind of tasks when they're coming to the office hmm. get a workshop done you know get a brainstorming session done get a hackathon done Hmm. not regular coding regular delivery that hmm. can happen from home hmm. so so that these people they look up to hmm. coming to the office and again i am saying this in the context of collaboration innovation building that culture hmm. of togetherness you know and a sense of belongingness so the counter argument to that would be that whatever you are saying right it can be done online also even i am a person who strongly yeah. for working from office but i'm just giving a counter argument that jo bhi aapne baatein boli right आज की डेट में वर्कशॉप्स आई कैन डू ऑनलाइन आई कैन डू गेम सेशन ऑनलाइन आई कैन कॉल अ स्टैंड अप कॉमेडियन एंड मेक एवरी वन लाव अबाउट इट यू नो व्हाट आई मीन राइट लाइक सो हाउ हाउ आर वी नॉट इवॉल्विंग डोंट यू थिंक वी शुड इवॉल्व नो वी आर इवॉल्विंग सी मे बी व्हाट आई एम सेइंग टुडे यू नो इन दिस पॉडकास्ट विद यू माय मे बी माय थॉट प्रोसेस चेंजेस वन ईयर टू इयर्स डाउन द लाइन इट्स एन इवॉल्विंग प्रोसेस इट्स अ लर्निंग प्रोसेस गिवन द मींस एंड मीडियम दैट वी हैव एज ऑफ टुडे i believe that we are not ready for that complete remote based working see even a survey done by microsoft suggests that only 50% of the jobs that exist today can be done remotely hmm. and by the way i don't want to come across someone who is against home based working <laughs> right my thing is let's strike the right balance based hmm. upon the roles and the needs hmm. of the organization online way of working would you want to watch all your movies online would you never want to go into a, a movie theater hmm. are we interacting with our relatives friends only online no, are we not meeting them into you know, for dinners pubs and bars for drinks hmm. what is the difference in a professional environment hmm. it's a it's pretty much the same right so if we are doing that in our personal lives hmm. i think somewhere that need is there in our professional life also again we have to maintain the right balance hmm. we need to continue with this comfort uh, with the sense of flexibility that we've achieved over the last 2 hmm. to 1/2 years we need to ensure that the people are you know attached there's a sense of belongingness that is there hmm. and somewhere i think in the given the me- the means and the medium that we have as of today i would go with a hybrid hmm. okay. you know 
I am home based since last six years. Really, my my job, the roles that I've been doing since twenty seventeen eighteen time frame, I have been home based. But I have been wow. traveling pre COVID. I was traveling every month. Okay. To wow. Locations where my teams were. Hmm. Since COVID, I haven't been doing that. There's a lot of effort that goes in to make that connect hmm. amongst hmm. the team members. So, I'm myself home based, hmm. and I. think i have that urge of going to the to the office and the last thing i would say on this from my end is i get energy from people around me mm. you know and if i don't have people around me if my team members are not around me it just makes it a little harder for me and this is maybe me mm. you know maybe someone else has, has a different point of view on this i believe that we are still in that zone of transition and we need mm. to continue with that hybrid before we go completely remote fair enough i respect that answer uh and uh, uh, next question on this answer is that how do you build culture in a hybrid environment because if you had to ask me at an early stage level when you're building your company when you're finding the pmf when you're looking at building that next big thing you need your team to come every day mm. every single day mm. even on sundays that that's the way we work sure uh and for me if i think can i replicate this culture in a hybrid manner i i don't think so i can So my question to you is, how do you build culture in a hybrid manner? See, for me, uh, we can talk about culture the entire day, right? Mm-hmm. And how this can be done. Uh, Antakshi does that lead to culture building. Mm-hmm. I have a different point of view <laughs> on that. Uh, for me, as long as we are able to create a sense of purpose, mm-hmm. what is the role that my organization is playing towards that sense of purpose? So I come from a pharmaceutical industry. For me, making this world a better place for patients. is my sense of purpose and what my organization is doing towards hmm. this sense of purpose of of mine as long as i am catering to these two things hmm. i think i should be able to build a sustainable culture in the organization hmm. number one number two i spoke about sense of belonging right 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 i spoke about collaboration now the other thing that i would add to this is hmm. inclusivity and when i say inclusivity i'm not talking about diversity and things like that hmm. it's about making sure that in a hybrid world when we have 10 people in the office and there are two people who are joining a particular discussion remotely we need to make a a, a, a deliberate effort hmm. to have them included and have them feel inc- uh, you know inclusive in those discussions it's very easy for us to forget that is some we screen. do some we do that all yes. the time yes. and for the people who are on the screen hmm. they keep looking for an opportunity when they can unmute themselves and say something uh-huh. but that doesn't happen that naturally hmm. So I think culture building is more about creating that sense of purpose, ensuring that there is a sense of belongingness that is created towards the organization, and that level of inclusivity that we can create. Hmm. That's how I would put it. I've been. I we are still learning. Hmm. You know, uh, I am still looking for a playbook which can help us build a culture in this hybrid environment. Right. I don't think that there there exists one. Hmm. Uh, so as we learn and evolve, I'm sure things will change. Fair enough. I think. The way, the way you are thinking about this, I think uh, I definitely agree with it. For me, in particular, uh, what I have realized is that culture is something that what your employees do when no one is looking, right? For yeah. us, that's the thing. And a good time to test culture is when people are not working together. They are not working in an office together. That's when you can really test your culture. Hmm. So for a lot of organizations that say that we have a great culture and like, and even from our organization, right? We love that. We love saying our culture is great. Uh, it will truly be tested for if you ask me when we are working in a hybrid kind of environment do we can we still sustain that that truly shows the power of that purpose uh, 
you're talking about i mean just to underscore i think culture is you know for me it's always been the sense of belongingness towards the organization right. and towards the work that i'm doing hmm. so that's how i define culture got it so dwesh uh, you have you know moved across the corporate ladder you have done roles where you were promoted inside the organization you have done roles which did not exist but were made specifically tailored for you i am sure there has been a huge level of politics mm-hmm. that has been involved you might have been a part of it you might not have been a part of it but there has been a level of politics that you have witnessed so what is your take on you know this corporate politics part how does one navigate and i would love if you can tell some anecdotes okay so first of all you know before we start understanding the politics of an organization or within an organization let's understand the stakeholders that we are working with hmm. the first stakeholder within an organization for me as an employee is my boss a reporting manager my reporting manager right my line manager supervisor whatever term we want to use it there is a power equation there and it's a reverse power equation wherein he holds a more authoritative powerful position than me so it's easy for me to sort of navigate that the second stakeholder that i have is is my team member hmm. right what i am to my manager my team member is to me there is a power equation your peer my no my team member as in someone working as part of my team who okay for who about i am the line manager got it got right? it so there is a power equation hmm. i can pretty much influence that hmm. relationship if not through relationship through power right the most complex stakeholder that we have in any organization and that's where a lot of this organizational politics sort of play a role is a peer to peer right there's nothing that that person has to gain from me hmm. technically or vice versa i believe you are always at conflict na we will always be a pyramid there's a pyramid that is happening so at that level there's competition there's competition because someone will get eliminated so if we are able to manage that relationship hmm. you know i think majority 50 60% or even more than that of organizational politics has been taken care of so how do you manage your peer to peer relationship i think first and foremost there needs to be a level of openness that needs to exist between the two of you second there has to be a mutual benefit that needs to be created it cannot mm-hmm. be one way right right i can be humble i can be modest and say oh you know what i will do everything for you <laughs> but at some point i will start ha huh. feel you know, uh, feeling yeah. frustrated about yeah, it yeah yeah so that level of mutual benefit needs to be there and the third thing which needs to be there is which i have followed in some of my conversations see when there is a problem stop emailing each other pick up mm. the phone and talk to each other yeah right? and be call spade a spade see i have had a situation you you asked me for an anecdotal uh, instance out here uh, in one of my roles my line manager would always bring his chief of staff hmm. to our one to one conversations okay right and a one to one conversation is meant to for me to discuss my career my growth my performance hmm. and there is this chief of staff who is a peer of mine who would hmm. be part of that org hmm. now the chief of staff is not walking into this meeting because he's because of his own intention he's being brought into this meeting hmm. as so, a observer as a note taker observer hmm. if there are actions to be taken hmm. then this guy can follow up on those actions now i had a very open conversation that i will be very vulnerable in front of my line manager when i am having these conversations so what i would appreciate is you know i would appreciate your openness as well so don't be there for the sake of being an observer or a third eye participate in the conversation hmm. you know let's have 
it has a three way conversation if it is to if it has if it is meant to be hmm. to build that trust to build that trust hmm. and uh, i made that person as my sounding board the chief of staff the chief of staff you hmm. know so if i have a concern if i have a thought if i have anything which i need to bounce off with someone i would bounce it off with him so it took time hmm. it cannot be done overnight hmm. you know and it has to be two way hmm. so it has to be relationship based it has to be based upon the trust so i think trust relationship those things play an important role uh, again i don't have a playbook hmm. i wish there was one <laughs> but organizational politics uh, again it my understanding is it can be maneuvered through relationship building mm. by that level of openness and last thing don't be insecure mm. right you know, i've i shed out my insecurities long back i may get fruits of my hard work smart work mm. late but it would not be never right right no, i think the the most interesting thing here is this mutual benefit part right yeah. uh, because if you have that relationship with anyone be it your competitor be it you know you work in an industry even as an entrepreneur there are people who are competing with you but if you have this mutual level of admiration and mutual level of benefit that you give to each other right yeah. and it's not a give and take but it becomes a give and take in a, in a, in a very respectful manner and make them partners in your journey right. right so if uh, i have a just an example hmm, if i have hmm. a wonderful idea hmm. i don't have to be insecure about it let me only put that idea in front of hmm. the leadership make him the partner hmm. or him or her right let be part let let's be partners and be you hmm. know in that journey together Hmm. so i think mutual benefit trust partnership those are the terms i would use again right. not going into the cliche definition <laughs> of managing organizational politics sure so like if if i had to genuinely ask you right like you talked about corporate politics you talked about how do you maneuver between people but what i what i want to ask you is that the world is not always so ideal right yeah. there will be times when whatever you might do it does not work mm-hmm. what would your take be should you stay in that organization try to fix it or should you just move out and look for a better opportunity or another opportunity a uh, couple of factors hmm. one is your growth your learning and your mental peace hmm. you know let's make a decision matrix out of these three factors if i am getting growth so you will not be able to achieve all these three of them so you can only achieve two of them hmm. right now it's important It, it it depends upon you because it's very individualistic right you know for someone peace of mind is very important hmm. for someone else growth is very important for yet someone else learning is very important right so you need to rate yourself based upon your priorities hmm. on this matrix as high medium low hmm. you know if you think that you're not getting growth hmm. but you're okay with the kind of learning and mental peace that you're getting stay else move out so there is no definitive answer hmm. to this question i think it all depends upon your priorities as a as a professional hmm. and how do you want to achieve those priorities for me for example mental peace is very important hmm. you know uh, i may be getting tremendous growth you know promotions every 6 months i may be getting a lot of learning hmm. but if it is coming at the cost of cost of my mental peace i probably won't stay there hmm. so uh, i don't think uh, as i said earlier there is a a definitive you know hmm. uh, one size fits all kind of a response hmm. use these three metrics or decision making factors create a matrix out of it and you know see what is important to you and if it it is not getting fulfilled probably it's time to change i mean hmm. i've changed seven companies right <laughs> <laughs> right right so so the wish like in your whole journey right uh, i'm sure 
we all know about our successes yeah. there would be some failures or there would be some times right where you where things did not work out as you <laughs> as you wanted them to right and i'm sure they shaped who you are today yeah. uh, can you name or mention two or three such instances yeah yeah absolutely i think uh, for me failures have been very very important in hmm. and not to say that i fail purposely but whenever i failed i made sure that i'm getting a learning out of it right. i'll give you a couple of examples uh, 2009 uh, you know i got laid off really one of the organizations that okay. i was working with and this was not because there was a downsizing activity happening right. so there were reasons around right that. but that that was like a first jolt to me and you were pretty young back then if i'm i was 29 years uh, right and not a lot of savings also not like, a lot of savings yeah. i was just uh, about uh, what 5 years in my career right a uh, young professional mm-hmm. just had a baby oh, you know a year prior mm-hmm. right. or less than a year prior right so there were circumstances that were playing role but that served as a big jolt to me because somewhere i thought uh, i think i was getting into a comfort zone mm. right and i was somewhere getting this thought process of being indispensable mm. you know and as they say no one is indispensable obviously right right uh, i took that as an opportunity i think in the hindsight it was a good thing to happen mm. because the kind of i got an opportunity to be in us after that you know i stayed in us for one yeah, yeah. and a half years so i what i learned from that particular opportunity is uh be loyal to the company mm. but then don't give everything else for the organization that you're working with mm. and i mean it in a very positive way mm. you know i there's more to life than there's more to life than that mm. and the other thing that i learned from there was be relevant you know mm. uh learn unlearn you know relearn is a very topical thing these days so keep yourself relevant mm. because things may change at any given point right second learning i shared earlier also don't be in a hurry to prove yourself mm. i joined another organization a couple of years down the line and as i said you know i was in the hurry of proving myself mm. i was in a hurry of uh demonstrating that the experience that i bring is the best experience mm. you have to take your people along with you if right. your teams if your fellow colleagues are not mm. with you no matter if you are an einstein or newton no one gets you have the best of the ideas no one will get it no mm. one will rally behind you right 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 so take your time mm. understand the organization understand the objectives of the organization and then take a step i mean i call it as rahul dravid approach <laughs> right take a step wise approach that's mm. the second example that i would mm. say i almost got fired from that role quite honestly because mm. i i turned very abrasive which i did not realize mm. and thanks to my uh, some of my fellow colleagues who made me aware of it mm. you know so that's the second example that i can give the third example is i was asked to build uh, a patient analytics team back in 2014 15 time frame the mistake that i made raghav at that point in time was i did not take an effort or made an effort to understand what it requires i approached it from a very professional services point of view hmm. hire people build a team they will do the work but you didn't feel it i did like, not feel it hmm. you know i needed to be i i, I need not be an expert in hmm. that particular area but i need to be sure that i have hmm. the basics right hmm. so that's where i learned how important is it to sharpen your axe hmm. you know to get the basic understanding before you jump into something hmm. and very importantly once again to build that buy in Hmm. around you right. so i can go on right right, right. the failures but those are three i would hmm. say so i think what what i have learned from what you are saying are two things first thing is this whole concept around complacency 
right and you come from pretty humble beginnings as as i know and you've gone through you know really gone up in your career but wo kabhi kabhi to kicking karta hoga na bahut ho gaya ab theek hai matlab i'm very satisfied everything is life is feeling good and that is when life hits you yes. right yes. that is when it hits you and i think it's a very natural thing to happen so that this complacency part should never stick in to anyone mm-hmm. whatever you might do and the second thing is that uh, don't be afraid of layoffs guys a lot of you are being laid off right now don't be afraid of that i think uh, for devesh uh, i think it was a turning point in your career it was definitely and uh, yeah for you guys also something good will show up so don't worry about that uh, so devesh uh, i would like to just you know end this conversation with asking you about an advice you will give to your 22 year self uh if i rewind and you know teleport myself uh, back to the age of 22 years there are a couple of things which i'll do little different right one i'll probably uh identify a mentor myself hmm. for myself you know much early on someone who can be that guiding force uh someone from whose experience and uh you know expertise i can learn right. from it it just makes our struggles easy it does not it do not take away our struggles you know it just makes them easy right you know so that's one thing i would do i hmm. probably didn't have a mentor hmm. uh, till very recently until very recently wow okay so that's one thing i would do you know get someone hmm. you know to to be your guiding force and it need not be your manager how, how do you how do you find your mentor uh networking is one thing hmm. right uh for me just reach out to someone whom you have admired you know maybe that's through linkedin maybe someone at your workplace maybe someone cold emailing them you know, cold messaging no yeah exactly i mean you're talking about the the reach out yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think uh, uh the 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 secret out here is hmm. even the mentors would want to be mentor to someone the leaders would want to be mentors to someone because it also gives them an opportunity to learn right and right. there's an ego boost yeah. <laughs> way, which is which is important right, right so i think that's one thing which hmm. i would change if i had to teleport myself uh, back in those times hmm. uh, yeah i mean second uh, aspect is probably i would have uh, focused more in terms of diversifying my portfolio hmm. so i've been a pharmacy for yeah to ask you that question yeah yeah can i take pride in that hmm. you know 18 years of my career my education everything has been into life sciences uh i probably would have uh, you know maybe not at 22 maybe couple of years down the line uh, i would have diversified in some other industry get hmm. to know you know what's happening what's there in other industries uh a b- be a bit more versatile right uh than what i am today hmm. uh, but this is not a complaint this is probably <laughs> a wish list right uh, i still stick to the i take pride in the fact that i'm somewhere contributing my little bit in making this world a better place for the patients now devesh uh, before we let you go um, we'll know you love singing we we can see your youtube videos guys check out right devesh singla uh, on youtube you will see some of his covers that he's done They're pretty cool so devesh ek ek gana ho jaye kuch i didn't know this is coming in <laughs> okay uh, i'll hum something yeah right? uh, This is another thing which I I could change for myself when if I would have been 22 years old. Okay, so this is from uh, Kishore Kumar Times. तुम्हे कोई और देखे तो चलता है दिल बड़ी मुश्किलों से फिर संभलता है दिल 
क्या क्या जतन करते हैं तुम्हें क्या पता हमें तुमसे प्यार कितना ये हम नहीं जानते मगर जी नहीं सकते तुम्हारे बिना हमें तुमसे प्यार कितना माय गॉड वाओ Amazing. Thank you, Devesh. Uh, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for you. having me. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you.